E2i Design is a full solutions provider for all things audio, video, lighting, and broadcast. Whether it be design, installation, or offering gear for a great price, E2i Design supports you by providing the right tools for the job. Look them up on Facebook or Instagram at E2i Design or visit their website, E2iDesign.com. Each year, one in three seniors dies with Alzheimer's or another dementia. More than 6 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's. And in 2020, COVID-19 contributed to a 17% increase in Alzheimer's and dementia deaths. It kills more people than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. In 2022, Alzheimer's and other dementias will cost the nation $321 billion. By 2050, these costs could rise to nearly $1 trillion. That's where you come in. The Walk to End Alzheimer's is an annual effort to raise awareness, defray costs, and and increase research funding of this deadly disease. Get involved by starting a walk team today. It's free and just might save a life. Find out more at alz.org. That's alz.org. Episode 305 of the Motor City HTJ podcast is called Bring the Noise. And here's the deal. It is no secret that DJs want to feel their music by cranking it up to 11. Guests want to get into the music by cranking it up to 11. And that's great for some parties, but not for all of them. And these days, wedding and event venues, they can have strict noise policies that, well, we DJs feel can actually hinder a party. So today we're going to talk about those noise restrictions and how great DJs stay ahead of the game by constantly evaluating all of the sound levels at your party. Once again, E2I Design is the sponsor of this podcast. They are the masters of sound and lighting design for any size venue. Check them out on social media at E2I Design or their website E2IDesign.com. So bring the noise. Episode 305 of the Motor City HDJ podcast starts right now. Well, Motor City, it's your DJ, Brett Cummins, and I just wish Michigan would make up her mind with this weather. Uh, you know, we thought spring had sprung, then we had snow, then we had a ton of April showers, we've had frost advisories in May. I just can't do this with her anymore. She's crazy. Michigan, we love you, but honey, you're crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is nuts. Hopefully, we're rounding a corner. I think we're headed into the 80s here pretty soon. If you are a sharp-eared listener, most of you are. Uh, you may have noticed that this episode is out of order from the last, and it is just a simple case of thinking that I would complete something sooner than I did. Kind of got ahead of myself. I've been challenged, uh, really, about what to write for this episode, but I think we have a good one. Stick with me. We're going to talk about a lot of good stuff, and hopefully you listen to my interview with Kana Carnes-Stallman about her company, Ensemble Custom Floral. If you haven't, give it a listen. It's the most recent episode that was published. And so if you're subscribing, you should have already gotten those updates. If you're not, shameless plug, click subscribe, rate the podcast. I'd love for you to tell me how you think I'm doing. Uh, ideas for episodes come from you. Really just feedback. I do listen to every single piece of feedback I get, and I would love to hear what you have to say, good, bad, ugly, and otherwise. As always, I like to start these solo episodes off with an update. And there has been a lot to fill you in on since the last time that I talked to you. So first, the events that have happened. Since the last update, I've done seven events across the state. I want to talk about each one briefly. On March 25th, I played the Michigan Hot Rod Association's annual banquet. Kenny, who is our good family friend, he called me, asked if I would play the banquet, and I had to say yes. It was held at St. Mary's. That was one of the big reasons. The other was just because uh, we love Kenny and his family. I'd actually seen them last year at a wedding that I played. And when he called and asked me, I said yes, of course. And at St. Mary's in Livonia, it was great to see Keith and 
all of the familiar faces there. And, you know, sometimes it's just nice to slip in just a regular old dinner and party without all of the formalities. I mean, there was a presentation and some awards and some things that they did, but this was a good party. I I was really, really excited to kind of switch things up. And and I just want to thank Kenny and the Hot Rod Association again for having me. April 7th and 8th were a double header weekend for me. April 7th, I was downriver at Arnaldo's in Riverview to play for our old neighbor, my old neighbor, Jenny, and then her husband, Larry. So interesting um, thing about that venue, I hadn't been to Arnaldo's since COVID started and really when they, uh, you know, when COVID had started gaining traction. So it was good to see John and his team there at the venue. And uh, what can I say? Uh, Rosanna and I lived across the street from Jenny for many years. So when she called me up to tell me it was wedding time, I absolutely said yes. As a bonus, it turns out she and her husband are super involved with the Washtenaw County walk to end Alzheimer's. So thank you to my pal for letting me be a part of your day. April 8th, I was back at it in Saginaw for the first time at the Golden Glow Ballroom. This little venue, this Golden Glow Ballroom is in the middle of nowhere. In I just love it. <laughs> I really, truly love it. Uh, there's nobody to bother, which we're going to get into here in the episode today. There's no one to bother. There's no one that's going to call about noise ordinances. So it's a perfect venue for any event that just wants to make a lot of noise without causing trouble. My new friends, Caroline and Connor, they started their journey together and it was such a great time. Uh, Apparently so, because I've... uh, I've gotten quite a few referrals from her (laughs) from that wedding from Caroline's friends, which is so amazing. Congratulations again to them. And uh, man, I'm just so thrilled uh, that I get to go and play that little venue a few more times here coming soon. April 22nd was another super special one. Once again, I returned to a venue I hadn't played in a while, the Canterbury Castle Banquet Center, formerly Kings Court Castle, and it's a great venue in Lake Orion if you're looking for Renaissance meets uh, rustic flair. Super special because I was called upon by my good college chum, John, to help him and his wife, Alicia, celebrate their big day. Uh, Really, the reason it is special is because John and I Back in college, we traveled together to recruit for the college, and uh, we were both in the acapella chorus for a couple years. We spent a summer together traveling all over the country, recruiting for the college with one of the small performing groups, and so it was it was really, really special because of that. And I even ran into a few familiar faces from the Rochester University days. Shout out to those familiar faces from that chapter of my life. It was super special to get to run into everybody, and it was just a great time with great people, and I was humbled to share that day with them. So congratulations to John and Alicia. Next, I helped Jack and Zach. Jacqueline and Zach started their merry journey, well, back uh, another another venue. Uh, one of those things I hadn't been to went back to the Packard Proving Grounds in Shelby Township for another unforgettable night. As if just being there wasn't enough, I was super excited to be working with one of my favorite photographer pals, Ashley of Smitten Mitten Photography. I've had her as a guest on the show. You know how much I adore her and her work. I just think she's one of the most consummate professionals in the world. And so it was like having the dream team together for a night to celebrate with Jack and Zach and all of their friends for their wedding at the Packard Proving Ground. So congratulations to them. Jennifer and Eric brought me back to the St. Clair Inn for their wedding day. And (laughs) this is where it gets crazy. (laughs) Well, it's a little deja vu. I'm going to be back there a few more times this season. Are you, are you sensing a pattern here? Are you understanding my wedding venue deja vu? Finally getting a new swell of return venues. It's it's really a great feeling. And I'm super glad that Jennifer and Eric were able to host their wedding at the St. Clair Inn. 
in St. Clair, Michigan. The new Mr. and Mrs. celebrated in style as we hosted their wedding on the water, looking across the water to Canada. It was a gorgeous day. It was perfect. Uh, windy, but for me, I run hot, so I love a little cool breeze. Uh, the whole day, we just jam-packed with fun. So much so, <laughs> this was one of those cases where the night was over before we even knew it. And it proves, it just shows you that time flies when you're having fun. So congratulations to Jennifer and Eric. And as a little added bonus for their day, this is super crazy. Their photo booth was operated by a bride that will have me as her DJ in the spring of next year. So I'm telling you, this world is getting smaller by the day. And uh, I just I just love this whole industry and, and uh, get excited for wedding season. The final congratulations go out to Tara and Hunter, who were married at Barn on the Ridge in New Lothrop, Michigan. Tara actually found me when I was emceeing the Lansing Walk to End Alzheimer's. So really cool that she's connected with that group of people. And this wedding, uh, our Tara and Hunter's wedding was on a gorgeous property. It was a gorgeous day. It was cool, which again, I run hot, so I appreciate cool weather. <laughs> uh, everything was just absolutely perfect. We even, I mean, we danced for four hours straight. They really, they really just hit it hard. What It was just an amazing group and a, a great way to end this swell of updates. So congratulations to Tara and to Hunter. The final update thing of note is, well, I've booked uh, several more couples since episode 306, and I'm actually quite surprised given the time of year. It's not the typical engagement season, but they're still coming in, so I'm very, very encouraged by that. I can't wait. Uh, uh, yes, there's a lot of venue deja vu in there. One couple that stands out specifically, this was just a really, really cool, <laughs> when they told me this, I couldn't believe it. And I didn't really understand the reach of the things that I do and the media that I record and and really how I just, uh, you know, share my message. Uh, but I booked a couple who uh, they both love gaming. So, yeah, I'm a 42-year-old gamer myself. I love I love some Call of Duty. I love some Rocket League. I'm still into it, right? Uh, you know, that was just my generation growing up. But I booked a gamer couple who were sold on me <laughs> when they watched my Hot Ones Frequently Asked Questions video. How about that? They saw the video. They said, we're calling this guy. This is our guy. We had a consultation and uh, our, our groom, he said that I really didn't even have to do anything. We were sitting down at Panera there in Southfield. I like Panera's because of the Wi-Fi and the coffee's not bad and the food's pretty good. But um, uh, he said we didn't even really have to do the meeting. They were just ready to go and it was all a formality. So, you know, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to take my time with every couple, but I thought that was really awesome. I, I thought that was really, really cool. So, you know, yeah, maybe plan on seeing some other content there. I'm really considering uh, kind of branching out and sharing the way that I do things with the rest of the world and sharing it with other DJs and maybe providing resources for other DJs that are out there in, in, in the world. I'm, I'm considering that. I don't know how I want to do that just yet, if it's you know, some sort of workshop for other DJs, but we'll see what happens in the future. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And the episode today is... Um, well, it's been a passion, something that I wanted to talk about for a while. I didn't know how to go about it. So some of the resources are from different uh, wedding websites that I've, I'm connected with. I kind of pieced some things together, a lot of my own thought in there, but I did piece some things together because while you'll probably wish the good times will never end at a wedding, at your wedding specifically, all good parties must come to an end. And the exact time that you wrap up your party will vary from venue to venue. I've talked about this before. A lot of venues will give you 
kind of an hour, a half an hour to an hour difference of time. Like your music might have to end at 11, but then you have to be out by midnight, right? So some venues, it's only half an hour or something like that. I always try to respect a venue and then what their end of the night needs to be. I really don't need to take a whole lot of time to get my stuff out of the building. Okay, I, I really respect everybody's time. You, you're tired, they're tired, I'm tired, everyone wants to go home from such a great time. So the, the exact time that you wrap things up will vary from venue to venue. And, and various factors will also determine that time. The, the number one thing, though, that determines what time a party really needs to end are local noise ordinances. And it's about respecting, in, in a lot of these venues that are is zoned residential, it's about respecting the, the nearby residents and then keeping the music to a reasonable noise level. There are a few venues that I've played. I don't want to mention any names specifically because I definitely want to go back to these venues just in case they happen to be listening. There are some venues that I've played that actually have a noise, uh, like a decibel meter, up in the rafters or on the wall and the ceiling somewhere to let the DJs know how loud their music is. And... That is something we'll get into here in just a little bit, but that is something that for you, you don't even know. You don't even notice that it's there unless, you know, there is the one venue that I'm thinking of specifically, which how could you not know it's there because it's pretty obvious, but really noise ordinances are just about keeping nearby residents happy. And what I want to do today is offer insight into determining which noise ordinances will impact your wedding day. And really just offer my thoughts and some tips on how to minimize complaints that could, and I have seen it happen, that could shut your event down early. We have to define noise ordinance. I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Officially, the definition of a noise ordinance really is just a law or regulation that details the time or times of the day when the noise has to stay below a certain decibel level. Otherwise. You would want to just stick to guidelines that make it you know, non-intrusive for nearby dwellings. This is really going to be tough if you're doing an out, an out, like an outdoor tented reception. But a lot of the noise ordinances are often determined by the county or township. But occasionally, if you're having, you know, I've played graduation parties in people's backyards. Occasionally, the HOA, the Homeowners Association, or another private organization may be the ones to make up the rules. I've played parties like that before. I've played graduation parties where the homeowners were, uh, oh, they were doing well. <laughs> we'll just say that they were doing okay. So once the, you know, once the noise ordinance hit, we took the party, literally moved the party into the house. And uh, this one specific house was a walkout basement. And so that basement, we just put everything in the house. We shut the door, cranked her up to 11, and we got to keep, keep playing. You know, venues, and this is the interesting thing about it is that, okay, so that's for like, you know, playing at a residence or a tented reception or something where you're in a neighborhood or you're in a residential area where someone could call the police and complain. Now, the interesting part about that, so there are some venues that are in neighborhoods. I've played those. Again, I'm not going to list them. If you really want to know, you can email me or text or call, and I can tell you who they are if you're considering another venue. You know, I can definitely tell you which ones to avoid based on those rules. But venues that don't have neighborhoods around them, those are typically going to be much more flexible. So if you plan to get married, like I said, if you want to have a backyard tented reception and ceremony, you want to do that in a residential setting, 
or let's say you want to do it on a restaurant patio that's on a busy city block, your event will most likely be impacted by a noise ordinance. Again, if the spot is remote, I told you about the Golden Glow Ballroom in Saginaw. It's a great place. That venue is at an intersection. I don't believe it's zoned residential, but I do know that there are homes close by. You know, not not right next door, but, you know, nearby. If the spot is remote like that, you're not going to have a problem. Or maybe you have the wedding on a private beach where you've bought out the resort. Uh, and again, you know, it really doesn't impact things a whole lot if you're going to bring the party back indoors in a sound secure space. It, it's those instances, obviously, where the party can usually last a little bit longer. And naturally, the ballroom, the wedding reception hall. That's a perfect example of, you know, getting around the noise ordinance thing. Noise ordinances are tricky. I, I'm not a legal expert. I should have prefaced the whole episode by saying I am not a legal expert. I do know that there are ways around it. I do know that years ago, I used to encourage people when I was playing a lot of uh, residential like graduation parties, I used to really encourage people to go to the police department or, or the city and purchase uh, you know, an extended noise ordinance so that if the police got a call, they would already know, well, these people have paid a little money to the city to have their party a little bit later than 10 or 11, whatever the time may be. As far as noise ordinances are concerned, really, I'm talking to the folks that are out there in, uh, you know, residential settings or an area where you're going to be impacted by a noise ordinance. As far as compliance goes, the, the, really the first step in compliance of, of a noise ordinance from any location or municipality, really, you got to figure it out first. And, and I know some of this stuff is kind of common sense, and I might be saying, well, Brett, that, yeah, duh. Well, trust me, we're going to get into the details here. Suppose you're marrying at a venue. You're at a, a venue that regularly hosts weddings. There is another wedding venue nearby to where I'm at. You're about 20 minutes away. Uh, I won't tell you where it's at, but I will let you know that it's near a certain stadium that hosts 100,000 people uh, in the fall time for football games. But again, I won't tell you where it's at. <laughs> uh, but this venue happens to be zoned residential because it is, uh, it is a historic venue. It is located in a residential area. Now, normally, the noise ordinance isn't really an issue. Your venue coordinator, and uh, specifically the venue I was referring to, had someone, that person that I, that I used to communicate with, he's no longer at the venue, which is it's heartbreaking because I absolutely loved working with him. But your venue coordinator usually will have all of the details on when the loudest part of the party needs to be done. Most often, and I've alluded to this as I've gotten this episode going, but most of the time it's about 11 p.m. Some places it's midnight, but those times vary uh, across the state and in different areas. Uh, some venues actually request quiet hours starting around 9 or 10 p.m., which is a real bummer because, like I said, as the, you know, the party gets going, you're, you're having to end it because, you know, it's just, we got to be done now, right? So if you're marrying at a private or unconventional venue, an unconventional venue might be a park, might be somewhere uh, historical or I don't even know what, I'm, really, that's the best I can come up with as far as unconventional is concerned. You might need to do more research ahead of time. If you're working with a local wedding planner in the area, so if you're, for a lot of you that are listening to this, that you may have grown up in Michigan, now you live out of state, you're going to come back to have the wedding here. That's all well and good. 
Hopefully you're working with a local wedding planner or coordinator to help you get things moving in this area. They should know the local bylaws. A good wedding planner or coordinator is going to understand the local bylaws and noise ordinance rules and things like that. So if you aren't working with a planner, it is definitely suggested that you ask us, your other vendors. We know uh, photographers, I'll, I'll be very candid and tell you that I think just from my history, you know, I'll use Ashley as an example. Ashley and I have worked together many different times. We've worked together at many of the same venues before. And I know that Ashley's got a good handle on many of the venues here in Metro Detroit. And so, you know, someone like her, I think photographers and videographers will generally have, uh, as much as I hate to say this, they might actually have a better idea of what uh, those rules would be just because they might get to see them more than I will. And I say that because I don't get, and not like they get to choose, but it's really just luck of the draw for me. I don't get to choose the venues that I play. It's all about my couples. They come to me and say, hey, we're getting married at this place. I go, great, I've played there before. Or, hey, I can't wait. This is going to be my first time. So you definitely want to talk to other vendors that you're working with. Um, in, in specific communities, you know, and they could be private communities or developments, you may need to consult, you know, like homeowners association guidelines. Uh, this would be something like if you're having a wedding at a golf course, let's say it's one of those residential communities that is uh, like a country club community kind of thing. I, I do know of a couple country club communities that I've played before, and those country club communities, they may have HOA guidelines for the neighborhood. They may have additional or even earlier restrictions than what is dictated by the county. So, you're, you know, and that could extend to places like, uh, let's say, Mayberry State Park. If you have your wedding there, then you would want to consider that as well. And even national parks, too. Not that we have any national parks here or that I would get to play them. I would love to, but, you know, it's not practical in Michigan. So things like that, you know, other wedding vendors are going to know the rules because we've done this before. We know things. We know the rules of places we've been. Hopefully we remember those things. Another important thing to know about noise ordinances, not only with the music, is like fireworks, for instance. I uh, had a wedding at Walden Woods. If you've seen my wedding trailer on YouTube, there's actually video of this event, and there were fireworks for this couple as they left the reception. Now, Walden Woods is a very interesting situation for this couple because it's private property. It is a campground, so the campground itself, that rule is good. That is their rule. They say, yeah, it's okay. You can have your fireworks guy come for the bride and groom. You couldn't do that in a neighborhood. You're not popping off. <laughs> You're not popping off Macy's fireworks or the Detroit Fourth uh, of July celebration fireworks. Uh, you know, in the middle of a neighborhood and not expecting the police to get a phone call. So with fireworks, it's tricky because yeah, it is cool. It's very, uh, it's very rom com to have those fireworks as you're leaving the wedding reception, but you might want to, if you are going to do something like fireworks, you might want to do them earlier, uh, maybe right as the sun is setting or just after the sun is set. Don't necessarily save the fireworks for the end of the night. Uh, again, that's just one of those things that it could be ruined because someone, some so-and-so out there called the cops. They heard the first one. But the good news for you is by the time that phone call happens, the fireworks are probably going to be over, right? So as far as that kind of noise is concerned, that's an easy way to skirt around that. You know, one thing that I always consider now is that 
The last song of the night is important to a couple. Uh, recently, I've had the special last song of the night moment, right? Where you kick everybody off the dance floor and out of the room. The bride and groom have their moment. That's just it for them. And you really want to make sure, for me at least, and this is something that I'm always cognizant of. I always know the time when things need to happen. But if you're that couple that wants this to happen specifically, and I love the idea, I want to do it for you. We just have to make sure stuff like that is played just before noise restrictions set in. Because here's how I feel about that. So if we did something like that, and and usually this is how it goes for me. The last song of the night is the last song of the night. I typically don't do one more song. I don't do that kind of stuff because you've got a contract with the venue and you got to be out of there. However, there are some venues that are cool and they will let you run a little bit over. Now, keep in mind. And I did do this last weekend, actually, at the barn on the ridge in New Lothrop. The barn, middle of nowhere, no one's around, I'm not going to bother anybody. And I did play a couple more songs as I was tearing down and people were still into it. So you will see me multitask as I'm doing that. It's not going to just be one of those things where we're still, you know, just, <laughs> they're all bangers and the lights are still going. I'm, I'm going to multitask and start tearing things down, but I'll, I'll keep playing through that. Really and truly, just because the noise ordinance kicks in doesn't mean the party absolutely has to stop. I've seen noise ordinances at 10 p.m., but the party's over by 11. It doesn't mean that your vendors have to be cleared out. It doesn't mean that everyone's got to be packed up by the time the ordinance kicks in. Really. Just feel free. Let's party until the last possible minute. All that being said, how do we work around noise ordinances to have the best party possible? Well, few things. First thing I'm going to tell you, you want to use some strategy when it comes to planning your date. There are certain holiday weekends, especially around the end of the year, where a lot of families, a lot of people are really kind of just hunkering down at home. And everyone just wants to kind of stay low key. There are areas that become incredibly crowded, which means um, there are more people to potentially disturb, right? So as people come into town, you know, uh, the certain holiday times, uh, more people are going to be in an area as people come to town. So if you're planning your wedding around a Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's, just any time where there's going to be more people in an area, You might want to avoid those if you're worried about violating those. If you're worried about violating those. Now, if that is the case and and you don't want to, you know, tick anybody off, maybe pick an off-season or non-holiday weekend for the big wedding day. That might be a way to go. Instead of just, I'm going to do it and this is going to be it, maybe you might want to use a little strategy. So that's the first thing I would say. Just be strategic with the dates that you choose. The next recommendation I can make is bribery. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Uh, the best way, the good old-fashioned care package, if you want to prevent noise complaints from neighbors, let's say you're doing the wedding in a residential or somewhere you know that noise ordinances could possibly happen, well, you want to give them plenty of a, a, advance notice. You want to let them know ahead of time and just explain what's going on. Just let them know that you're getting married and it's happening and... Um, Yes, you know, yeah, in case you do hear us rocking out, you know, it's my wedding day. We just hope you can be patient with us. Maybe give them a gift basket. The little card in there says that. Just send a message, a few gifts to soften the blow, bribe, like I said, bribe whoever it is in the area. Uh, Liquor always works, chocolate always works, home goods, 
Amazon gift cards, they can always work. Something that's going to keep the neighbors happy if your wedding is going to be in an area where that's possible. I would also say maybe it comes down to the timing of the event as well. I've seen it recently where we do a lot of things earlier in the day, and that's totally good by me. You start earlier, you end earlier. So if you're going to have your ceremony the same place that you're having the party, that's totally good. You might want to just consider starting your ceremony an hour earlier or how, you know, whatever. Give yourself some breathing room as far as the time is concerned, because when you go crazy at 10 p.m., let's say, now you have until 11 o'clock until someone calls the cops. So you've kind of built in your buffer and you made it safe for yourself. So consider the timing. Maybe you want to adjust your start time so that you start a little earlier you end a little earlier, maybe you take the party somewhere else, an after party, if you will. Now you're not getting into trouble with the, you know, with law enforcement. The final thought I have on noise ordinances, I'd say (laughs) it never hurts to have some hired muscle at a party. Bring in the professionals, get the pros in there. If you've got police officer friends, let's say, if you've got off-duty police officer friends at your wedding, that could help. I mean, that's just a, a stretch of an idea. But if you've got friends like that in law enforcement, if someone does call and file a complaint and then the, they send the police over to the venue, now you've got people that already speak that language and you can make it work. I'm going to be real with you. I've got a couple right now. We're working on getting their wedding book. He's a cop. That's going to help. And it turns out that the wedding that they saw me play that brought about this conversation was for some friends of theirs who he is a cop. Yeah. If you've got law enforcement at your party, well, you've now got someone that can actually have that conversation. Heaven forbid someone actually does go full Karen and sends your city's finest to your venue. Uh, <laughs> to uh, to hopefully shut things down. So you can avoid that that way. Those are just a handful of ideas. Really, the noise ordinance thing, I would say, if you're really worried about noise, for me at the end of the day, what makes what makes a really good party is that a DJ has a good handle on the noise. I'm not a fan. I mentioned some venues earlier that do the noise ordinance thing. And ironically, I'll, I'll just say this, um, and I'm going to say this in the spirit of full disclosure. I Again, I recently played the Packard Proving Grounds. The first time I ever played there, there was uh, the the, um, the young lady that was working there that night, and they're all volunteers, God bless them. The young lady that was working there last that, that specific night told me that we had to keep everything below 85 decibels, which is really hard to do because even with all the conversation going in the room, it's going to be about 70 to 75 decibels before you even start playing music. So that's tough. It's really, really tough to do. The last time I was there, spoke with a completely different volunteer, and apparently this uh, other young lady is no longer working there. But yeah, they just scrapped that whole thing. And it really, the conversation I had, because I I brought that up, I said, hey, last time I was here, y'all had a noise ordinance. I just want to make sure that I'm complying to your rules. It's your house. I'm just a guest, right? So we, we talked about that. And she said to me, she said, well, yeah, just be cool. You're good. I said, really? I said, yeah. I said, because we're in a residential area. She goes, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. If the police show up, we got it handled. (laughs) So that's your perfect situation right there. If the venue knows that that's going to happen because there's some, you know, um, uh, how do I say this? Old teenager trying to watch her programs and she can't, (laughs) she keeps getting interrupted by your party. Well, you know, it's good that the venue knows those things can happen. And I was really, really encouraged by that as well. So that's the best case scenario. But you really shouldn't even need to get to that point. Because 
A good DJ knows how to handle it. The problem with noise and music levels is that the people are having conversation. Then you've got someone that's going to introduce more noise into the mix. So then the people start talking louder, which means the DJ turns the music up and people talk louder and the DJ turns the music up and then it becomes a vicious cycle. A good DJ pays attention to the volume meters on the mixer to know that they're not in the red. And that is me. I actually know the physical limitations of my equipment to the point that I have on the DJ controller, a watered down phrase for turntables, on the DJ controller itself, I've got audio meters. I also know that the volume knobs that I use, I keep them at certain clock adjustments. So the master volume on my DJ controller maxes out. I do not turn it up any higher than three o'clock. All right, so I don't crank it up all the way. It does require some power, so I have to kind of crank it up a little bit. And then I have a little mixer below, which allows me to take everything that I'm using, plug it into one place, and then send that volume out to the speakers. And then that mixer, the master, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with sound, the master faders, those are those things just slide up and down. The master fader is at zero. It's at a flat zero on my mixer. And then the little dial where I send that volume out to the master, to the speakers, that dial stays at 12 o'clock. So a good DJ knows the limitations of sound, knows where the music needs to be, knows how loud it should be, and doesn't fall into the trap of conversation music up, conversation music up. It's this real, it's just a dance. It's a very delicate dance to make sure that the party's still rocking, but people can still talk and that no one's ears are bleeding when the music finally goes down. I'm Really of the mind as well, that especially like when we go down to slow, um, you know, we get an opportunity to throw a couple slow songs on there. I have the ability in my mind to say, you know what? Yeah, the music doesn't need to be as loud as it was when we were rocking our faces off. So I will bring it down just a little bit so that we can change the dynamic of that moment. A good DJ understands the need for dynamics. There needs to be dynamics. It can't be at 11 all night long. That, in combination with really just knowing the rules, knowing the noise ordinances in the area, knowing your limitations, understanding how sound works, you put all of those things together, you can have a great time, you can crank it up to 11 when you need to, you can turn it down when you need to, no one's going to get called, no one's going to have the cops call, the party's not going to get shut down early, and everyone's going to be happy. That's the bottom line. So. In a nutshell, that for me is bring the noise. That's what I want to do every time I throw a party. I want to bring the noise. I want to do it so that you and your guests can talk to each other. But when it's time to party, we can party. And we're not having to worry about breaking any laws or having the party shut down early. Thank you so much for being patient with me. I promise, well, as much as I can. I know it's empty promises for you at this point. But I promise to do my best to keep them coming. I know I'm not going to get to an episode every week or even every other week. I'm going to do my best just to keep putting content out there. If you're not already, would you please just subscribe to the podcast? Would you rate the podcast? And then, of course, would you review the podcast? Just let me know how I'm doing. Wherever you get your podcast, I am Brett Cummins. I'm Motor City HDJ. You know who I am, and I cannot wait to do this again. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.